I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome back, everyone, to the Playing Footsie podcast. No Steve W this week. He's on baby duty, I think. Uh, but with me today, uh, we've got Steve D, as usual, the master of stocks. Um, how you been this week, Steve? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's been a really good week, to be fair. Um, it's it's been a it's been a bit hot today, and I apologise if anybody can hear a, a fan going down the mic, but I'm not turning it off. It's too hot. <laughs> Um, but yeah, a good week, good week in stocks. I think most of my stuff's up quite big. Uh, I got, uh, um, I went green on Okta, which was down a lot. So that was quite surprising that that nice. gone green so, so quickly. So I'd been averaging down that position. It was a bit oversized. So I trimmed it off. Uh, I had a bit of cash swirling around. I've done something with it, Paul, but before we talk about that, how has your week been? Um, pretty, really good. Uh, I've, I've been away a lot. I've been, I've been traveling. It's been a, been a, fun i'm back home for a couple of well actually no uh i'm back home for one night and then i'm probably off to wales for a couple of days just uh just this i've I've had one night in my own bed in about the past two maybe three weeks um it's it's been busy it's been busy but it's um it's been good and it's been fun i've been looking looking more for a bit of fun in, in life a bit of variety and i think i'm starting to get that but on the portfolio uh today and we're recording this on friday oh yeah oh wow the markets will be closing let me just quickly check uh trading 212 uh 49744 uh so we are on the way back up so there must have been some sort of recovery going on this week i did cross 50 grand again but i posted it back on instagram and went oh we're gonna stay at 50 grand uh over the next uh, couple of days and uh i shot myself in the foot it, it pulled back i don't know why because uh, i haven't kept up uh with everything too well this week but have the uh speculative and more growthy stocks been been coming back a little bit Yes and no. I think um, the EU had a little bounce towards the back end of the week, which was nice. So a lot of my EU positions uh, went up a little bit. Uh, I noticed um, Acado was one that I held in my high group land, uh, Lansdowne account. That just jumped back up again. Um, but yeah, the growthy stuff has just had a little rebound. There's some stuff in there that the pockets of stuff that's doing really well, like Chewy and Unity mm. and uh, Roku, probably following Arc's prediction that it's worth six hundred dollars. Um, you know, they're all uh, they've all done job. even Teladoc to to a degree. I think that was you know that was twenty seven, twenty five at its lows, and it's it's back in the forties. So uh, all mm. positive uh, moves for me. I'm uh, I, I hate to say I'm feeling cheery because every time I do that, the market goes down. But yeah, I'm feeling <laughs> cheery. Yeah, I'm just looking through, um, just looking through trading two on two now. I always have a quick look at Tesla. It's back up uh 751 dollars um nice 10.2 percent on the week 10.2 percent on the week even though uh deliveries were down um obviously uh test that's tesla car deliveries down um elon musk's own deliveries are, are up by two i believe uh, which yeah, is yeah. absolutely crazy how the hell did he spin that one uh <laughs> like 
Oh, oh sorry. I, I've got I've got my uh, see uh, one of my executive pre- pregnant, um, but I'm populating the earth. How how the hell has anyone done yeah, yeah. that? Incredible. Yeah, he's a strange fella, isn't he? He's a strange fella. <laughs> Incredible. Well, this week uh, we've got a few subjects that we wanted to talk about. We've kind of thrown a few things together. Um, we've got the uh, uh, the Tory party leadership race beginning. Um, we're not going to get too political about that. We we do obviously have our own v- uh, views on the uh, politics, but we try to talk it talk about stocks and how it's going to affect the market more than anything. So we'll have a quick talk about that. We'll probably do some Boris bashing at the same time, but uh, it's, ju- it's just for shits and giggles. It's not for anything anything political uh we're going to talk about the market crash and michael burry suggesting if it's over or not um i maybe don't agree with him but i'll try and i'll try and give that thesis uh, as as clear as i can um and i'm sure um steve's got his own opinion on that and uh, labor numbers came out this week as well uh which was really interesting uh it might tell us where we are in this recession right now and uh we had a little bit, I've got a little bit here, Steve, on the Euros. I, I, I wrote it down because the women's Euros are coming up. I only know about it because I'm working quite a bit of it. I'm, I'm probably going to be at a couple of the matches. Uh, I haven't watched any of it yet, and I wanted to see if it was, was popular. But we know we've got the World Cup com- coming in the winter. So I was wondering if there were any stocks that we might have to be- that could maybe benefit from the World Cup and the Euros. See, I was going for the Euros at first because it's happening now. And I thought, uh, football going on, I was hoping people were going to watch the women's Euros. I was hoping people were going to get to the pubs and, and, and go out and do that. I don't know if people are because I've not been in society for God knows how long. Um, so I want to know if people are watching it at home. And it'd be great if people in the comments could let me know be nice um let me know if uh, people are watching the women's world cup uh, uh the women's euros sorry it's in in the uk um uh, england are going to do pretty well by the sounds of things um and I'd, I'd just like to see if anyone's if people are, are watching it and what uh, what companies could benefit from it but also because the world cup is happening now in the winter we might see a little boost in certain stocks in the winter that could boost our portfolio through this recession, uh, which might not happen, might not have happened on any normal year. Things like pub stocks, alcohol. I think I saw Domino's pizza out there might've been one ITV as the uh, usage rights. So their advertising is going to go up, especially as during the pandemic, ITV had a bit of a problem um, delivering, their adverts because they're most of their adverts are cruise lines and airliners as uh, and holiday packages so they they just completely pulled advertising during the pandemic but now that's over that sort of advertising is going to start coming back i haven't watched any myself but i believe it is coming back so itv and other uh, terrestrial channels are actually quite good but i just wondered if there was anything out there that might have taken your fancy what did have a bit of uh, money burning a hole in my pocket this week with Alcta sale, and I did find something uh, that I oh. wanted to buy, and subsequently did. Um, Adidas. It's an obvious choice, I think, um, but I might surprise you with just um, 
just kind of how cheap it is at the moment. So, look, I like this stock a lot. I held it during COVID, um, and I sold it after it ran up. Uh, it ran up quite a lot. I think it even got into the 300 euros, which is, you know, it was quite expensive for, for that kind of... Uh, I think it normally trades around the 160s or 180s, so uh, it, it'd come down a lot. Um, since then, though, it, it's come down on it's come down a lot just this year. I mean, just this year today, it's down 35%. Uh, it's trading at just a touch over a 15 price to earnings ratio. Uh, so sh short term, it's got it's got some headwinds and tailwinds. It's got potentially a recession in the West, and the zero COVID policy in China doesn't help. But then we've got the women's euros coming up, where you would expect that it has to be fairly front and center. You've got the the, the men's World Cup in winter again, where you'd expect Adidas to have a uh, quite a good showing. Um, so yeah, it looks pretty cheap to me. In the meantime. They're paying me a 2% dividend to hold them. They're buying back about 4 billion of their stock following the sale of Reebok. Uh, that should be over the next two years, which should take out about another 12.5%. Um, uh, so, well, sorry, 4 billion is about 12.5% of their current market cap. Um, it's not my stock to buy for July, but uh, I think this is a pretty interesting stock. Nice. Uh, pretty good multiples at the minute. It kind of had that bit of a compression. We're going to talk about that a lot later, I think. Yeah, big big compression. Fifteen price to earnings. If you're looking at last year's figures, um, you know on every metric it looks fairly cheap. It had a decent year last year, so you, you should really factor that in. Uh, it did sell uh, Reebok, so, but then you know you knocked two years off Adidas, and it had a it had a better year. So it's still in its recovery. Adidas has quite a few bricks and mortar stores. Uh, when they're fully open and uh, we are not sort of uh, in recession or fear of recession, um, you know, Adidas, I think, should do fairly well from here. This is this yeah. looks pretty cheap and it looks like a good opportunity to me. While you were talking, I just did a quick um, Google actually on the World Cup kit kit brands, and the the top news that was at the top was that Adidas, Puma, and Nike, who are the three top brands that are uh, making kits. Uh, have delayed their kit releases until later in the, in the year. So the women's Euros seems to be having zero effect on that. But that's going to be quite uh, important in the uh, coming months as the World Cup hype starts to uh, starts to take off. Nike have 12 of the 32 teams um, sponsored by them. Adidas has six and Puma has six as well. And the rest are all very small uh, brands, brands which I haven't seen for a long time, Kappa, Le Coq Sportif, uh, Marathon Sports, Majid and Hummel. Uh, Hummel must be a Scandinavian one, I think. Um, but yeah, Nike having 12 and Adidas having 6. Uh, I suppose the best question to ask is, why not Nike? I just think Adidas is cheaper. Um, yeah. That's the idea, really. Nike has always traded at an un, a fairly undeserved premium to me. Uh, that might be my European bias talking there. We, I think in Europe we see quite a bit more Adidas than we do uh, mm. than we do Nike. Um, but yeah, I just think. I mean, they're both great stocks. I think they've both been uh, fairly decent winners over the long run. Um, just for me at the moment, I think Adidas. Uh, I think it's a great company at a, a good price. Well, here in the UK, we have a lot of different things that we can we can invest in here for the World Cup. I'm just looking at a quick list that I drew up earlier. Um, Kit-wise, so boots, 
your kids are all, you know, everyone everyone knows that the kids get really excited and they want new boots and they want all the new kit and stuff like that. So anything anything kit-wise, we've got Sports Direct you can buy in the UK. This is playing footsie after, after all, so these are the uh, UK stocks. I don't know how they're doing on multiple at the moment. JD Sports, obviously. Uh, and then uh, you want the stay-at-home stuff, so Domino's Pizza ordering in. Everybody knows that uh, takeaway orders go up. Uh, Just Eat might have a little bump, but I've got listed here Sainsbury's, Morrison, and Tesco could also have a little bump. And then you're looking at the pubs. You're looking at pubs and betting. So you're looking at uh, Marston's, which was very popular. I think that's been very popular in the Discord, uh, very popular ever since they did that big deal with uh, Carlsberg probably two or three years ago now. And then William Hill, Paddy Power, Bet365, Betfair, all of those. I'm not into gambling stocks. I don't know if you are, Steve. I know a lot of no. the, yeah, a lot of uh, investors out there are really into their gambling stocks. I'm, I'm not there. I can't get behind it. It's not, uh, maybe it's ESG, the ESG in me. Uh, but I, I personally don't gamble and I stay away from it at every opportunity so it just isn't in my circle of competence at all i, I imagine it's very similar to you steve well i don't gamble um but i don't have a, an issue uh with buying the stock uh necessarily i think um gambling's fairly well reg- regulated now and i know that it does it is a life destroyer for the people who get really hooked on it but i think there are plenty of tools there now to to try and stop people getting hooked on it. i think as they're probably the top of my bad ESG sort of sin mm. stocks. They're the one that I would say, out of all of them, I think that's probably the least problematic. Yeah. I just think with all of them, they're all they they tend to trade a bit cash rich. Um, I think it was Flutter that I I quite had a quite long look at um, beforehand, and if if it is Flutter, their CEO is like the most highest paid person in the UK or something like that, and I just thought, right. is this warranted? um i feel like that's bet 365 i think what i think bet 365 is the highest paid ceo or the joint ceos in the uk but have a look at that one i know you can hear you typing you're gonna have a look at that one um Mm. i feel like it is Um, no the uh well i'm just looking now for flutter's ceo is peter jackson so it wasn't flutter you keep talking paul and i'll find out who it was (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah uh the the question is is whether this is already priced in i guess is this already uh do people already know it's coming or are they so scared of the recession and uh the bad news that is uh put out there by people like michael burry which i think is going to be our next thing to talk about um uh, it'll be up to you i think it's up to the investors out there to find those cheap stocks i think there are enough individual cheap stocks in the FTSE 100. Steve isn't really a fan of the FTSE 100, but I think there's a few bargains in there. I'm still looking myself. Um, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot to it. But you, what you do were you right, do? by the way. Uh, oh, Bet365, yeah, it, Denise Coates took uh, $421 million in pay for 2020. Uh, she took a pay cut this year. She only took <laughs> $397.5 million. <laughs> it's uh it, i think i think that's insider knowledge for me i i i i had a, a bit of an insider track um on denise coates uh at some point i actually uh no i can't tell you about that uh, i wouldn't be willing <laughs> to put that out there right now but yeah i had a bit of insider trading on that one i think in the past um okay uh what do you want to do next a bit of a fun one or a bit, a bit of serious scary put some fire in the background <laughs> on the uh 
on let's the have some uh, fun. thumbnail. Let's have some fun. Boris, then. <laughs> um, uh, wait, he's gone. He's got well. He, he hasn't gone yet. He's uh, he's said he's going, and that's and that's the point. And that and what we're going to talk about today is we can we can talk about Boris. Um, uh, no, let's not talk too much about Boris. But he has said he's resigning, which opens the floodgates to all the other people who've been nipping at his heels for so long. Well, actually, what was quite funny is a lot of them were just, they were well behind him for ages. And then a day, I think it was this week, maybe yesterday, they all just went, uh, you know what, nah, this just overnight, everyone was writing letters. Rishi Sunak's might have been written two weeks ago, and they were just waiting for the day, the right day mm. to do it. Uh, very interesting how politics works, particularly this Conservative Party. This isn't the first time they've done it, uh, but it has opened it up to a lot of... It, it, it's the leadership race, and we want to discuss how the leadership race might affect the stocks or the way that uh, the UK might lean as far as the businesses that, that are owned in there. So we've got... Let's have a look. Um, at the top, we've got Rishi. Rishi wants a part of this. Uh, he's the uh, Chancellor. He's just uh, he's the one that's just released the re the recent budget. There's been a few tax cuts. Um, I'm trying to do this without being too political. How do I do this, Steve? <laughs> well, there was a tax rise. There wasn't a tax cut. He promised yeah, tax sorry. cuts in the future, wasn't he? So we've yeah. got you've got Rishi, who was I suppose he's the ex chancellor now. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've got Ben Wallace, who is the defence minister. We've got Liz Truss, who is the cheese purveyor. Uh, we've got Michael. <laughs> Michael Gove, who is the only man I've ever seen who got sacked on the day everyone else resigned. Um, <laughs> we've got Tom Tugendhat, who is a moderate, I think. Uh, so yeah. he's, he's probably not got an awful really great chance of getting in. Uh, Dominic Rapp, was he the Home Secretary for a period of time? Yeah, but everyone will know him as the COVID guy, right? He, uh, he was initially the COVID guy before the doo-doo touched up as uh, his secretary. Um was uh was, became part of it no <laughs> he's one of them but uh oh god we, sh we should have done, really done some more research oh yes you mean matt uh matt hancock yeah, matt hancock man hancock who did really well at the start of covid everyone sort of liked him and then mm. towards the end he just became the yeah. most hate hated person in the country which is incredible his story went really far behind but he has been very vocal uh, uh, recently i'm sure i've seen him on the news and you just go get out of the way mate you you've got no horse in this race now but yeah um mm. so rishi sanak going in i think rishi sanak's a little bit more of a moderate than you think i think he's yeah, not as conservative so he could he could really squash the margins on some of the british companies something that we don't need with british companies at the moment is is more squishing of margins um that's obviously happening through inflation so there's a couple of companies out there that you're more discretionary companies i mean a lot of uh, the top FTSE 100 are cyclical or discretionary and not necessarily mm. non-discretionary so they might be able to keep up with inflation a little bit but uh, margins are always going to get compressed and lower down the list uh, uh maybe in your aim you've got a bit of non-discretionary but which are going to get crushed a little bit um I, I just don't see Rishi Sunak being able to help them out with anything like that, even if he doesn't believe in his current 
uh, is it, the the release he's he's recently done on the budget. He he probably wouldn't have released that himself. He's saying that he was pressured to release that by uh, Boris Johnson. I don't know if that's a tr- that's true. Uh, he's obviously cut the ties as early as he could, just so he can make the you know he can make the play for the 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 prime minister seat. Um, it. I don't know how it's going to affect him, but next down, next down the list, Liz Truss um, opened up some pork markets in Beijing. Was the last thing I remember of that and horrible delivery. Um, I just don't see how she's. I, I, do you see any of these guys making a big difference to the market, or is this just out of the government's control now? I think uh, no, I don't really see any of them. I think the markets will be just most interested in getting what the what the market perceives to be the best candidate. Um, mm. I don't think the list the, the list that's been presented to me the Yugo I've, I've seen a Yugo poll today. Um, it basically shows Ben Wallace as being uh, pretty far in front with uh, Penny Mordaunt. Mordaunt. Uh, both Ed- of them education in, secretary, I think. She yeah, was. education and defence secretary. They're both in the cabinet. Uh, they're with Rishi and Third. I would imagine it's out of them three. I would guess don't rule out Jeremy Hunt. Uh, no. But the rest of them, <laughs> I think, uh, I just don't think they'll go for any of the rest. Well, I mean, Hunt, Hunt ran Boris uh, to the final, didn't he? So yeah, he did. But uh, he was like a, so- he was like a journeyman sort of mm. client i think he was uh he, he just knew he was going to lose he pulled out at the end i think actually he had absolutely mm. no chance no one wants jeremy hunt in there he's the most hated uh person in the nhs still even though yeah. uh uh rab and uh, hancock have, have uh, had their way with it since it, uh every everybody in the nhs will will hate jeremy hunt anyway uh we'll move we'll go on Carry on. Well, I was just going to say, but are any of those people signed up to the Tory party you get to vote for him? Yeah. Well, well this is it, isn't it? Um, the next, we got Labour numbers or uh, Michael Burry's tweet on the market crash. What do you reckon? Let's do Burry. Burry. So Michael Burry released a tweet. I haven't got it exactly, but he believes now that the market crash is only halfway over for a lot of people out there who are in more speculative and maybe growth companies uh the hope was that this market crash was over and i was must admit looking at this week it does kind of feel like there's a there's a little bit of a bottom going on uh, we we've kind of we've kind of uh evened out a little bit obviously that can uh, lead to a false sense of security so we don't want to uh, take that for granted at all. But do you think the market is going to go lower at all? I I just think it's impossible to tell, uh, which is why I always really dislike it when people talk from a position of confidence on, on macro. Mm. I think this, even for Bury, I think there's far too many moving parts. I think you could miss something that could... Uh, you know, you could change your thesis on something or, you know, something could happen uh, which, which, you know, blows up your thesis. So... With macro, and I said it on the Discord uh, the other day, that I, I I tend to find that it's best to treat it as almost like it doesn't exist and just to continuously yeah. focus on the bits that you can control because I think in the end the the macro stuff's gonna it's gonna even itself out uh, uh, mm. in the end. So I, I I've read Burry's tweets. He's very convincing. I don't know if if he's right or wrong. He's definitely not going to tell me whether he really believes these things or whether he's just trying to 
you know, with a short position on something. Yeah. Um, but I, whether it's the bottom or not, I don't know. I mean, it could be a sucker's rally. It feels, um, it, it, it feels like any of the other rallies that we've been in, everything seems to be shooting up just a little bit too fast and there doesn't seem to be enough positive news. But, I mean, who knows if, if the inflation numbers come in and, and they look really good and... Uh, and uh, the interest rates don't need to be hiked anymore, then then why isn't it the bottom, I guess? Yeah, the reason why I brought this up and why I, I wanted to talk about it so much was because I've been putting stuff out on Instagram recently and I've been getting lots of messages with the same old thing. Everyone, everyone was messaging me with, oh, you wait till earnings compression. You wait, it's all coming. The earnings are going to get uh, danced, uh, done. Um, the forecast isn't there. Uh, the earnings all need to be revised. And I was looking going, why are all these people saying the same thing? And I, I just didn't get it. And then I saw this tweet and I went, oh, here we go. Right. So mm. there's a bit of news out there about multiple earn, uh, earnings, uh, multiple compression and earnings compression. And it's been very, it's been very interesting watching this being parroted about. And that's what I kind mm. of worry about. So first of all, Michael Burry right now believes we are going through a multiple compression or we've at least maybe even been through the multiple compression. Uh, if we have, we haven't gone very far, which is, which is one of my first point against this, uh, is I think that some people have felt these stocks go down quite hard, like Peloton, maybe, uh, Tesla for a start, but even that hasn't gone down that, that far. The bigger companies still haven't gone down that far as far as multiple compression goes either. Uh, I mean, we've come down to the 20s. If you're expecting real multiple compression, we should be more like down at the 13 PE. Like the S&P 500 should be down to the 13s. Um, the, uh, the, the stocks like Google should be more like 13 forward PE rather than 20, uh, like 20 PE that is probably right now, although I'm saying that from uh, information that I probably have only gained two weeks ago. I wouldn't know what the exact uh, multiples are right now, today. I could be absolutely eating my words in a second as Steve D types and finds out exactly what the multiples are. But if the multiple compression has gone, uh, is already over, like Michael Burry is saying, we're now going into the earnings compression. The actual tough bit of this market downturn this bear market has actually already happened the this would be more like a it's now done 75 percent of the drop and the earnings drop that we're all expecting now like let's remember this as well we the market is forward looking so all the information that we have now is being priced in so if everybody is talking to me about future earnings dropping and everybody still, for some reason, is buying uh, stocks based on earnings, which are likely to be 15 to 20 percent lower than we expected. Then surely the market is already pricing that in. And that's what I'm trying to sort of say to people is that this isn't hard. If, if this theory is true, then this isn't halfway. This is probably 75% of the way, and we've only got maybe a 20% drop left uh, rather than another 50% drop on, on some of the bigger stocks. And what's most important for me is I haven't felt this yet. I personally do have not felt, mainly because my entire total return is still in the positive. I don't feel like I've, 
I'm going through a, a recession that everybody else is talking about. And that's not, uh, I, I realize I'm very lucky in that sense. And I realize also that I think there's nowhere to hide and soon I'm going to be in exactly the same position as everybody else. But my portfolio has done exactly what it's supposed to have done so far and tried to soften that landing a little bit. Um, I, I'm not there yet. And if, if that does happen, then I sure if, if, if there is more to come, then surely I should be feeling it. Surely the value investors should be feeling it a little bit harder and uh, the dividend investors should be as well. So I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm not going to say it with, with certainty because I think that's bad advice because I share the same thing, sh sh share the same ideas that you do, Steve, in the macro I completely ignore. I try to completely ignore because it's not about macro. Some people do very, very well. And I listen to them when they talk about it, but I, I, I don't think I act on macro at all. Somebody actually messaged me on WhatsApp the other day and said, Oh, uh, this company could do pretty well, uh, because of the inflation and the interest rate rises. And I went, I don't care, mate. I really don't care. Buy good businesses that transcend recessions and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you should be, perfectly fine in the long run. I think that's that's uh, the investment thesis that we share here. But I'm going to say, and I'm, I'm not, this isn't my plan, as in I'm not investing in this way, but I don't think in the short term that this is going to go much lower. I feel like that big recession and that, that big drop is coming. It will come one day over the next couple of years, maybe, maybe next year. But I don't think for now this is going to go much lower. And there's a couple of reasons why I'll say that and before I talk too much. Number one, I, that, that reason that I've said to you, I've said that I think the earnings compression shouldn't be as harsh as the, the initial multiple compression because that's how it goes. But also Burry's track records record. So Burry was very good in, on two occasions. Uh, in 1997, I believe, and 2005. And obviously these market crashes that happened afterwards were, were both three years later. So the market crash uh, in 2000 was three years later in 1997. And uh, in 2008, 2009, the market, the great financial crisis happened. These are all three years later. So Michael Burry is very, very good at investing and pointing out macro but he gets there extremely early. So I think we've possibly got two to three years based on historical evidence. This is all that I'm talking about. It, it, it's just a, a pie in the sky idea. Uh, we might still have two to three years yet before Michael Burry uh, comes true. And uh, maybe I'll get out at that point. That's, that's the way I've been thinking. Um, what do you think at the moment, Steve, to stop me from talking too much? Well, I mean, that's why he calls himself Cassandra, isn't it? Because he's based on um, the Greek mythology. He was a, a Trojan priestess who um, was uh, basically condemned to offer true prophecies in which no one would believe them. So that's why he calls yeah. himself Cassandra. Um, I, I, I don't know what to make of Burry. I, I find him absolutely fascinating. Every time his 13F comes out, I look at it and I think, I have no idea how all of that's spruced still together. Long. He's still long. Yeah, on, he's still on long, but he's, he's long on long. some cheap stuff. Uh, he's, on he's long on, 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 on value, essentially. He is a value investor at heart, I guess. But 
I just, I don't, I agree with you to the, to, to a point. I, I don't, I mean, unless we see some absolutely humongous, uh, recession where, you know, inflation is still rampant and interest rates keep going up and up and up. I, I noticed from the Druckenmiller interview, he said that historically inflation has never come down uh, without mm. interest rates being higher than uh, the level mm -hmm. of inflation. Uh, I mean, that's an yep. interesting point. I, I would suggest that this yep. might be, it feels to me like the first time this is going to come down because it feels like everything, go, this sounds like this time it's different, but this does feel mm. like there has been quite a unique set of circumstances that has caused mm -hmm. the inflation. And I wonder if, yes, we should see elevated inflation, but whether, whether what we're actually seeing now is elevated, super elevated inflation. I wonder if mm. we'll go back to maybe 4% and then we may have to raise rates to four, four and a half to, to just yeah. get it down back to two. Um, just on the subject, just, to, uh, just popped in the back of my head. I was reading the other day that Barrett's, uh, the house developers, now I'm not going to quote this perfectly because it has just literally sprung up in my head. They're giving their staff a six-month pay rise, like a, an inflation mm -hmm. pay rise. Uh, mm -hmm. And then at the end of the six months, it gets taken back. So it's kind of like to help them with the cost of living um, rises. I don't know how I feel about that because oh, I, I was talking to my yeah. wife about it and it said, I almost feel like Barrett's there of missing the point about inflation because yeah. very rarely does inflation turn to deflation. Inflation just turns from rampant to two percent so yeah. taking wages back of somebody stuff isn't going to have got necessarily any cheaper stuff's just going to have get more and more expensive at a slower rate yeah and also what you're doing by doing that if everybody did that you cause hyperinflation and then it only pulls back a little bit and then your wages drop so they then they're actually long run year a year later that actually makes it a lot harder for Barrett's employees. Uh, it, it doesn't make it harder for them if they're the only ones doing it. It's actually might be kind of, might be kind of smart to be honest with you. But if everybody gets that idea, for example, I believe that California has just released an inflation stimulus. Is that true? Or is, is that an article that I yeah. actually saw? <laughs> I read that, yeah, they're looking to try and get more money in Californian pockets to help pay for inflation. They've obviously not learned why that was, uh, <laughs> why, that, like, oh, why that's happened. God, what, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? It's just, it's just adding more to the fire. But then we, we're talking about inflation because, and that's an, actually a very interesting thing we brought up with uh, Barrett's because the labour numbers, did they come out today or did they come out yesterday? So it was this morning, <laughs> wasn't it? So, mm. Yeah. So um, the uh, US labour numbers came out and this is a very important metric to, to look at for, for a number of reasons. But I noticed a couple of things that I was, I kind of looked through it a little bit and I went, actually, this doesn't look as bad as I thought. So the bad points that people point out with uh wage uh wage numbers and job numbers jobless numbers uh, what do they actually call it uh, non-farm payrolls in the that's it yeah in the us um when this when unemployment is very high as in people have got a lot of people are employed uh, that's usually the highest before a recession so that's the bad news that people should be looking out for uh unemployment is uh, always uh, sorry employment is always at its highest before a recession uh that's a 
that's a big piece of information that's being thrown thrown around a lot. Everyone's going, oh, it must be a recession because because of, of that. But there was a lot of other information in this in this job report that was very. Um, very, very important that indicated actually we're not in a recession right now. Kathy Wood believes we're in a recession right now. Ray Dalio believes we're in a recession right now. But strategically, we probably aren't in a recession right now because of today, because of the proof of today's job jobless numbers. Uh, it's worth mentioning right here that the UK often mirrors this. So we might see something very similar from the UK coming out soon. And uh, all of Europe and in general, the rest of the world, uh, mirrors this quite quite well uh but uh the fed now are more likely because more people are in work they're more likely to deliver those high uh, interest rate numbers it's likely that they will deliver one percent or their their current uh 75 basis points 0.75 percent interest rate rise which means the uk is going to do that as well the uk actually said today uh last week sorry the they reckon that the average UK person will be able to deal with 5% interest rates, which is very interesting to see where the target is for the UK and its interest rates. That's going to be painful for anyone who wants a mortgage, anyone who wants a loan, anyone who wants anything really, because that's going to make life a little bit tough. And we have to watch out for that. And uh, we'll probably do an episode on, on spending and how we spend uh, coming up in the future. Um, However, a lot of different things came out in during the pandemic. We had a lot of people in very skilled jobs or um, self-employed jobs that were going to go work at Tesco's and stuff like that. In fact, I know a lot of people uh, personally who uh, they were like wedding photographers and, and uh, video movie people who all had to quit because that work just wasn't around. They had to run off and, and get jobs stacking shelves in Tesco. So this also happened in the US as well. And that showed a big problem with highly skilled people doing unskilled jobs. That's actually starting to reverse now. And the job numbers are actually starting to show that these uh, skilled jobs are actually coming back. They're reopening up and a lot of people are flooding back to them, which is very, very positive for the, for the economy. And I know we've talked about layoffs and things like that, but it does show that the work is still out there for these people. One, that's one massive thing against this being a current recession. That's, that's one thing against um, it, that businesses actually don't foresee such squeezed earnings in the future because they're still hiring. So it's something very interesting for the future. Wage growth also slowed down. Now, that's very important because in uh, inflation works by having more money, the, the, the average consumer having more money and buying more and more stuff for more uh, for more expensive prices. If they haven't got their wages going up at the same rate as uh, as inflation, Inflation has to stop. Inflation has to curb and it has to come back a little bit. So that's that could be bad for the economy. We, we had this discussion just before the, the, the show started to record. Uh, this could be bad for the economy. It could be good for the economy. It could be good for the consumer. It could be bad for the consumer. I think it's bad for the people, but good for the economy. So in the short term, it's going to get very hard for people to buy stuff because obviously inflation is still high. Savings, uh, there's lots of still uh, excess savings still. Uh, it's going to be very, very hard for people to see their savings dwindle away a little bit, but the economy will benefit from that in the future as inflation comes down. 
Uh, do you see that in a similar way? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, the, one of the things the Fed's got to be careful of is that um, <laughs> I was reading the report, and one of the weak spots I saw was that they still reckon there's about two jobs for every one person seeking at the moment in America. So that's that's sort of um, that can be inflationary in a way that you. Um, you essentially don't have enough people to produce. Uh, obviously, the, these these jobs need filling. Uh, there's a reason there's, the demand is there, and if you can um, supply because there's not people taking the job, that can be inflationary. So the problem with the Fed raising mm. too fast on their interest rates is that if uh, jobs start to be withdrawn, I mean that could be disinflationary to the uh, to the market. So that that was quite an interesting sort of area that I saw. But I think generally what you said is is what I, what I would expect. I mean, I expect a 75 basis point interest rate uh, coming uh, later this month. I don't see any reason why the Fed would look at it and say, doesn't look like the economy can take it. It looks like the economy is doing okay at the moment. Um, mm. They really need, they know they need to slow the economy now. They know they need to um, slow down demand. And um, I think that's probably the best way of doing it. Yeah, a lot. Of, uh, this is the problem is... <sighs> There's there's a lot of words getting battered around, and the economy isn't actually that bad. People are still spending, people are still going places. I know uh, it's been very hard in airports. And by the way, I've been flying a lot recently, and I have not had any problems in airports. We went through security, no freaking problem on all of our flights, N not a problem at all. So I. I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering from an anecdotal point of view where all these problems with the flights are going. But we did have some pretty... Yeah, yeah. the staff the staff weren't as good as they used to be, I must admit. Um, whether that's just they're pissed off with their airlines and things these days. Um, uh, but it's, it's, it's just very interesting to see if, they, if there aren't... <sighs> I, I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh... <laughs> Basically, if there are jobs, if there are jobs out there, I think people are going to fill them, and I think that is going to mean everything is going to even out. I think people are still spending, people are still going on holiday. There's too much supply and demand going on holiday at the moment. I think everything is fine for now. It's uh, not to say there isn't the sky isn't falling in a year or so, but right now it doesn't feel like a time where I should be. Um, sitting with Burry and going, look, I think the world's going to collapse. Uh, I need to stop putting money in the market. I think I, I think I still need to be finding great businesses and, and investing in them. And that's it. I think and the, the just maybe the the final point to make is that America seems to be completely uh, missing the fact that quite a lot of their older and skilled uh, workers uh, they've they've died from the pandemic in the last couple of months because you know Ooh. regardless of. It's true, though, isn't it? I mean, the 50-plus-year-olds in America were the, were the hardest-hit sector. Uh, they would have been people in, you know, skilled um, skilled jobs. So they seem to gloss over that. You're going to have a quite a, a large uh, missing part of unemployment if if those people cease to be. So, yeah, but um, where did their, I think that's where did their inheritance go? Where did all their uh, assets go? They went to freaking uh, millennial spending monkeys, didn't they? Uh, all spending <laughs> the <meth> <laughs> money on Teslas. <laughs> yeah. they've, all, they've all dropped out and gone. Uh, oh, uh, so, so yeah. Let's let's say your uh, someone someone in your family dies early at like uh, fifty plus. 
a 50 plus male dies and leaves a lot of money to to uh, <laughs> a millennial who's just spent it all on Yeezys or or pictures of Yeezys that uh, <laughs> NFTs that uh, that were going to make loads and and they've just lost it all. No, that'd be that'd be an interesting transfer of wealth, wouldn't it? If it all went into <laughs> NFTs, that would be literally the, the saddest <laughs> moment in the world ever, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be. It would be. Oh, uh, you, you, we've lost your dad to COVID, and that's obviously very sad. Um, his, his, his life's work. Uh, it's a couple of hundred grand plus his house, his car, everything. What do you want to do with it? Uh, I, I want a picture of a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it seems really true in my head in a strange way, doesn't it? It, it, it does. It feels scarily real. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, no oh, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, mm. uh, shall we leave it there? Shall we leave uh, <laughs> the, the episode there? But, uh, buy NFTs, guys. Uh, they can't go wrong at all. Uh, cheers very much for listening to the Playing Footsie podcast this week. I hope I haven't talked too much. I haven't. I hope we haven't wasted too much of your time. But I think there's uh, some interesting opinions in there that that we wanted to discuss. And uh, if you're in the comments, uh, leave leave a comment. Tell us your opinion of what's going on in the market right now and what you're planning on doing. I know this is really polarizing at the minute. I, I, trust me, I feel it in my own uh, direct messages on Instagram. People just keep sending me like polarizing opinions of this uh about yes, earnings and uh, and wage and wage and multiples so uh in the in the comments let us know what you think uh and cheers guys uh for listening and we'll see you next week <laughs>